Julian Edlow here for DraftKings. The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here. And DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. Conference tournaments, Final Four, to win it all, you name it, it's all available on the DK Sportsbook app. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code ROSS. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code ROSS. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccp.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort located in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario, bonus bets expire 160 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. If you'd like to make your NFL games a little more interesting, you've come to the right place. It's the Even Money Podcast with Ross Tucker and Steve Fezzik. Yeah, Vegas, baby, Vegas, and here we are, Stevie. It is August. We have a game tomorrow night to talk about, and we have the best sports betting contest or best sports betting podcast, I should say. It's always a contest. Best sports betting contest in the galaxy because we've got you, the only two-time winner, of the Super Bowl professional football betting. It's the Super Contest at the Westgate Casino. Follow Steve only at Fezzik Sports on Twitter, at Fezzik Sports. I'm Ross Tucker. You can follow me at Ross Tucker NFL, the former NFL offensive lineman. And if you are looking for a place to make your online wagers, head to betonline.ag and use promo code PODCAST1 to receive a 50% sign-up bonus today. BetOnline.ag, your online sports book experts. All right, here's what we got, Steve. Got to get your thoughts on betting preseason games, your, your Steve's Ten Commandments, if you will, or maybe just two. We're continuing our divisional series with the AFC North, and we've got some people that have asked some really good questions that they want your opinion on, your expert analysis on. And remember, anybody can always do that if you want. You just need to take advantage of any of the sponsors on the sponsor page over at RossTucker.com. And then after you sign up for it or use the code or whatever awesome sponsor it is, just forward that to me, Ross at RossTucker.com, and you can ask Steve whatever question you desire. We'll get to at least one of those today. So a lot to dive into, Steve. Let's do it. We got our first preseason game tomorrow night. So we go over this every year, but what are sort of your your preseason NFL betting Ten Commandments or Three Commandments or whatever. And is there specific commandments as it relates to the Hall of Fame game? Hall of Fame game, I usually pass on, Ross. My number one commandment in the preseason is week two. And in week two, thou shall not bet on a 1-0 and team playing an 0-1 team. No team most of these NFL coaches do not really care much about preseason, but they don't 
want to go 0-4. No one wants to go 0-4 and have the press on top of them. So you win your first game, you exhale, we're fine, let's evaluate talent. If you're 0-1, you're three games away from being 0-4, and the tried-and-true method is taking points week two with an 0-1 team against a 1-0 team. Ross, if there was one commandment, that would be basic strategy 101. Isn't it also, though, Steve, a lot about second- and third-string quarterbacks? I mean, don't you look and say, okay, they, they've got a pretty good backup and they got a pretty good third guy, whereas this team's backup is shaky and their third guy is a nobody. I mean, I, I feel like there's got to be pretty good value there also, right? Absolutely, but now it comes down to how well can you evaluate how good these third-string quarterbacks really are. And oftentimes, Ross, the capable third-string quarterback is the veteran guy that's been around forever, that's always been a backup, but he's immobile. And what happens is you bring in the rookies, and it's the wild card, that they have the wheels and they can scramble, and that can be very effective in preseason football. And because of that, it's not as big of an edge to have a better third-string quarterback as people make it out to be, although I certainly know people that swear by betting with, like you said, the better quarterback rotation. Got it. Is there anything else about preseason football that we need to know about before people you know, start to make wagers on these different games? You know, the other thing, too, is yeah, that I was just thinking about, Steve, you know, depending on how hard you look at the information – you know, you can sometimes find out how much certain guys are going to play. You know, like some team might be playing their starters the first half, which means their second guys play in the second half, whereas other teams it's like, nah, they're not going to really play their starters much at all. And so you get a, a, a big edge there if you can, you know, get that information before sort of the books account for it, right? Absolutely, and that's a great uh, key point in preseason and I guess another commandment. How often are you ever going to have a sporting event where one coach tells you basically that he does prefer winning and he'd like to win the game, and the other coach says he doesn't really care? Obviously, that translates into better player rotations throughout the game, and that's really a key aspect that many pro betters have to wait on information, and so they, they're lo looking at press conferences and the like and getting that information about which team is going to prioritize and play their starters longer, and that is a tried-true method for winning. One mathematical aspect of preseason I definitely should mention, we talk about how critically important that NFL three is. You never want to lay three and a half um, when you could have laid three. You never want to take a plus two and a half when you could have taken plus three during the regular season typically. But in the preseason, that three Ross, not nearly as important because ultimately by the end of 60 minutes, most coaches want to go home. They don't want to continue the game. They've scripted out how many plays everyone's going to get. So what happens when a team is down seven points at the end of a game and they score a touchdown, they're going for two. So more games land an outcome of a team winning by one point or by two points and far fewer games land on exactly three. Let's get to the AFC North then, Steve, because 
This will finish up our divisional series for the AFC side of things. We did the AFC East. We both saw a couple real good opportunities there. We both saw a couple real good opportunities in the AFC South. We differed on the opportunities that we saw a little bit in the AFC West a week ago. Let's get to the AFC North. We're kind of doing a deeper dive on these teams, where they're at, what their win total is, and what we think of them. So we'll go to the AFC North, and we'll start at the top with the Pittsburgh Steelers. What's the latest on their win total, Steve? So their win total is 10.5. The vigorous is towards the under. So they're supposed to... um they're more of a favorite to win less than 10.5 games, but that is their number. Pittsburgh is my number five NFL team. Vegas has Pittsburgh as the number two in power ratings NFL team. My problem with Pittsburgh, and I think this is why I'd rather bet them over the regular season, Ross. What's the book on Pittsburgh? Every year, they will lose a game badly on the road to a team that they're way, way better than. They will play about 500 ball on the road against decent teams. They'll beat every good team that they play at home as long as they don't have Patriots on their helmets, and that game they'll lose. They seem to be a fairly predictable team in my eyes week to week. I think that's uh, exactly right. They, they, They play to their level of competition, it seems like. They have at least one, often two games, that they lose a year where you're like, how did that just happen? But then they'll look great. I mean, they obviously should have beaten the Patriots last year. You know, they strike me, Steve, as a team that doesn't realize the, like, how important those regular season games are. Because then they're always, you know, last year they would have had to play in New England if they beat Jacksonville. You know, the year before they had to play at Kansas City and then at New England. You know, it's hard to win road playoff games, but I feel like inevitably, even though the Steelers' talent might be 13 and 3, they'll probably be more like 11 and 5, 10 and 6. I think part of that is because I expect both Baltimore, Cincinnati, and Cleveland, I really do expect all three of those teams to be better this year. You know, I think that Big Ben for whatever reason, does not play nearly as well on the road as he does at home. I'm not sure why, if there is one analytics aspect of the Steelers that I can't stand that I think makes them more of an 11-5 and team than that 13-3 and team, Ross, is how often do you see the Steelers have third and one, and they get one-on-one coverage with the wide receiver, and boom, Big Ben just starts salivating, and he throws a 30-yard jump ball that's a good play if it's first and ten, but I'd argue it's a bad play on third and one because you don't get it, you got to punt. Right. I think that's that's a that's a good point too. So I don't know, Steve. I I guess for ten and a half, I would probably lean to the under as well. I think that they're almost as talented as anybody. I don't I don't have a strong lean here. I really don't because I I can see the argument that they'll win eleven or twelve. I just think Cincinnati will be better especially up front. Baltimore, I really think Flacco is going to rise to the occasion, and we'll get to that. And then so you've got Cleveland, which obviously can't be worse, and I think will be better as well. So even though I think Pittsburgh has the talent to win 11, 12, 13 games, their combination of sort of uh, some some bad weeks, some lack of focus weeks during the regular season – 
and the fact that the division's better, I guess I would I would lean under. I don't know that it's a strong lean, but I I would lean under there with them. I'm a dead pass on Pittsburgh. Just too much talent for me to go under. Um, but like I said, week to week, I'm sure I'll be wagering on several Steeler games. Up next, let's get to the Baltimore Ravens. They've been in camp for a long time, Steve. The rookies since July 11th. The veterans since July 18th. We're hearing a lot of favorable reports about Joe Flacco now that he's got Lamar Jackson breathing down his neck. Are you buying him, Steve? I am not. I am buying the fact that he's putting in an effort that he never put in before. I know during the offseason he was working with receivers. Numbers don't lie, Ross, and Flacco has been a disaster of late. Last year, the offense only 4.6 yards per play. That's tied for last in the NFL, bailed out by a good defense, and I just don't see it changing. I've got Flacco, same as Eli Manning, bottom five quarterback in the NFL. The defense will carry them again. They'll probably win eight games. I, I actually like Harbaugh. I really don't have an opinion on Baltimore. You know, do you so so you're not buying the Flacco hype. What about are you buying the Harbaugh and the hot seat talk? Not really. It's so hard to get a good NFL coach. I always come back. All right, you're going to get rid of Harbaugh. Ross, who are you going to hire that's going to be better than him that's out there? Well, that's always that's always the question. And you know, I that's think o- that, that's always kind of the concern. And there just are so few really good coaches. We were talking about how many coaches are we comfortable with in the NFL? And once we get past like six or seven guys, everyone else is just it's just a guy. It seems like that um, is nothing special. There just aren't very many pedigreed great coaches in the NFL. I think that's fair. So okay, so you're not you don't have. Well, what's their number against even? You don't, you don't, you're again, you don't even have a lean, just like you said with Pittsburgh? I do not even have a lean. I think eight is a good number on Baltimore. That is the number. I, I got to tell you, there's one team in this division I have a very, very strong opinion about, but um, we won't get to them until last. <laughs> All right. Well, I would lean to the over for Baltimore. I think that they're going to find a way to get at least nine wins. I, I think the new receivers, Flacco, the healthy O-line, I would lean over on Baltimore. I, I think that they get to nine wins. I'd be surprised they don't get to at least eight and you push. I don't think nine or ten wins is out of the question. I think that they probably make the playoffs in a really, really weak AFC. What about, what about those Bengals, Steve, where you grew up? Down there in yep, southwestern Ohio. Yeah, Dayton, Ohio, right down I-75 to go see the Bungles. Um, I, I am not optimistic about Cincinnati. Their season win is seven. I will lean under. Now, I understand that there is some optimism about the Bengals, that perhaps they're going to have better pass protection for Dalton. But the big picture, why did the Bengals why did they make four playoffs in a row? And then have two bad years in a row. And, Ross, I really think it comes down to, you know, Dalton, when he had A.J. Green, and he had good receivers with A.J. Green, so he had Sanu, um, he had Jones, 
I mean, he really had arguably one of the best set of wide receivers out there. Now that he only has A.J. Green, I got major, major concerns about that A.J. gets doubled, he still gets his yards, but that they've had no other wide receiver be able to step up at all, and it has exposed Dalton to be a quarterback that really isn't even a top-20 quarterback in the NFL. And because of that, with Burfick getting suspended for four games to start the year, they might start out badly. Um, I think there is six or seven win team again, so I would lean under. I don't know that I would lean under, but to me, that I got nothing on them. I think seven and nine sounds about right. I do think their offensive line will get better, but I think that some of their core guys on defense are kind of getting up there in years, and and they're not what they used to be. And so I'm not sure, you know, all those guys, you know, they still have Vontez perfect issues. You know, I don't know if they're as good in the secondary. Uh, Michael Johnson's seen his better days. We'll see if Dunlap can play well. We'll see how much Geno Atkins has left. He's played a lot of football. So I'm with you on them. I would say out of all of them, um, I have so far, I have the biggest, strongest feeling about the over on Baltimore, not much on Pittsburgh, and really nothing on Cincinnati. I, I've got them at at seven and nine. I guess I'd probably lean under just because of how I feel about Baltimore and Pittsburgh. Finally, Steve, we've got the Cleveland Browns, and you teased it earlier. You've got a very strong opinion on them. What do you got? I'm going over five and a half with Cleveland. If you told me that I was going to get Cleveland to go ahead and play um, Tyrod Taylor all year long, this would be a slam dunk, one of my biggest bets of the year, over five and a half. I'm worried that Mayfield, of course, is going to take over at some point over the course of the year. Of course, I'm worried about you, Jackson, having won one game the past two years. But you look at this team on paper, on defense, Ross, they are an above-average defensive unit. Statistically, last year, on defense, they were above-average team last year. Well, how come they can't win any games? Because Kaiser was such a horrendous quarterback that they were epic bad in turnover differential. Minus 28 last year. It really was remarkable how terrible the quarterback play was. And if there's one thing Taylor does, is he takes care of the ball. They are loaded at wide receiver, especially if Josh Gordon can get out of his counseling sessions and get on the field. I see the potential here. I hate to say this. Cleveland could make the playoffs if everything breaks right. I I don't discount that. I think that's a possibility, although now I'm starting to get a little worried about this Josh Gordon thing, and we'll have to see what ends up happening there. That's that's a little bit bizarre to me, that whole situation. So is this a one-star play for you, a two-star play? What are you thinking right now, Steve? I'm thinking two stars. I won't go more than two stars just because it is a situation where we could start, the team could start out three and four and Mayfield takes over and Vegas and myself, we hate rookie quarterbacks. Now that we hate Josh Allen the most for Buffalo because we think he's the worst of the rookie quarterbacks, but the learning curve that it takes to, to become a competent quarterback. And I know there are exceptions. Dak Prescott was great, 
But um, most of the time, when you bring that rookie in, you have an immediate downgrade for the team's performance in the first year. And because of that, I'll limit it to a two-star play, but definitely Cleveland over two and a half, over five and a half. Yeah. I, is it, so it's five and a half. Yes. Okay. Has that moved? Was it five earlier? It opened at five in at the South Point, but most places within a week it was it had settled in at five and a half. And I actually think it's going to go up to six. You know, part of the reason is some of my um, uh, co um, NFL handicapping people, like football outsiders, just came out with a very bullish reading on Cleveland as well. And that tends to disseminate throughout the marketplace and people read that and they get talked into it. So I think if you're going to bet Cleveland over, I would do it now while it's still five and a half because I think it's going to go up to six. Boy, that's a big leap, man. How often do teams do that? You know, a six game improvement from the year before. I'm with you. I understand it, but that's, that is a major, major improvement for the Cleveland Browns. I would lean over, uh, probably even put one unit on it, but they got to get to six, and I wouldn't be surprised if they just win four or five. So I don't feel as strongly about it as you do. I'll put one unit on the Browns over five and a half, which does give us a best bet. The best bet. Speaking of best bet, Steve, there's only one place to do it. And they are back, baby. It's betonline.ag, your online sports book experts. We got a new code for you, podcast1, P-O-D-C-A-S-T. You should know how to spell podcast1, just the number one, not the letters, the number one. And you can get started right now during the preseason. We gave you some of Steve's commandments. I gave you some tips as well. For betting preseason football, it makes it a lot more interesting for a lot of folks when, you know, the second, third, fourth stringers are in in the second half of these games. Make sure that you've got a little something, something on it over at betonline.ag. You get a 50% sign up bonus when you use that code podcast one, which is awesome. P O D C A S T one. Get 50% sign up bonus. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Let's get to an email. Ever wanted to ask an NFL player a question? Well, here's your chance. It's time to ask Ross. The email address is Ross at RossTucker.com. And just say, hey, this question's for Steve, or put even money in the subject line or whatever. And all you have to do to ask Steve a direct question that you'll hear on the show, you'll get a shout-out is take advantage of any of the sponsors that you hear on the show, like betonline.ag, or that you see over on the sponsor page at rostucker.com, or even just the Amazon banner ad on the homepage at rostucker.com. This comes to us, Steve, from Todd in Colorado, who did exactly that. He clicked through the banner ad for Amazon on the homepage and placed an order. Think I did it correctly? I've attached the purchase confirm below. For the live betting algorithms, do they take into account the teams playing or do they simply alter odds based on past data agnostic of any teams involved? For example, when the Patriots were down 14 to the Jags in the playoffs, would the algorithms skew the odds more 
given it was the Patriots down and not an average team, or does the algorithm simply not care, Steve? The algorithm simply does not care, and that's a weakness of the algorithm. And because of that, Ross, we see situations like the Atlanta-New England Super Bowl, where in normal cases, regular season game, 28-3, to this game is over. Atlanta wins 99% of the time. However, during the Super Bowl and involving the Patriots, obviously that was a bad assumption that um, Atlanta was going to win that game more than maybe 18 out of 19 times, something along those lines. So that is a weakness of the algorithm. What is he, like, what is he talking about, the algorithm? What, what's he specifically referring to? The algorithm is um, basically a black box computer that says if I have a six-point favorite and they're up eight points at the end of the third quarter and they have the ball at midfield, I don't care what the two teams are. All I'm looking at is what was the closing number of the game, what is the game situation, and the computer will spit out the same projected in-running spread at that point regardless of who's playing. Got it. Okay. So then if that if that if they don't take that into account, how value if they don't take who's playing into account, it's just valuable as a baseline, I guess? Yes. Yeah, so really what they should do is then tweak it for individual teams. There are some teams that you would a good example would be Jacksonville. The, the, the historic algorithms don't work with Jacksonville because Blake Bortles is a very effective game manager when his team is winning, and he's not very good. In fact, he's awful when his team is losing. So the book on Jacksonville live betting is that if they're ahead, bet on them. If they're behind, bet against them because the algorithm will assume regression in their games towards zero, which just don't typically occur in Jacksonville games. That makes sense. He always makes sense, even when we disagree. At Fezzik Sports on Twitter, make sure you're following Steve. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL, Twitter and Instagram. If you're a Facebook person, it's facebook.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Make sure you give Brian, our producer, a follow. That's how you know when this show has been posted immediately at RTF Podcast. I got a pretty cool guest lined up for next week which is exciting we're fired up about it and we'll keep it rolling here throughout the offseason we'll get more preseason thoughts next week we will dive into the nfc steve and i usually like to go with the divisions first that we have the strongest feelings on but we'll actually have a game to talk about next week we'll have everybody will be having a game next week to talk about we'll be able to talk about the nfc teams we are rolling on the even money podcast and you have come absolutely to the right place you can also by the way ask steve a question just when you rate and review the show if you just rate and review the show and take a screenshot of that and forward it to me ross at ross tucker dot com i'll let you ask a question for that as well so a lot of opportunities here love those of you that rate and review the show and give us the retweets and likes as well it all counts it all helps good luck everybody hope you guys win some money thanks for listening to the even money podcast make sure to also subscribe to the ross tucker football podcast the fantasy feast podcast and the college draft podcast all available on itunes at ross or wherever podcasts can be found